0: Hello, hello everybody. This is No Chick Flick Moments and I am your co-host Remy. Hi Remy. I'm your other co-host B. Hi B. Hi. Hi. And this is our Supernatural Watchcast and today we are covering season 15, episode 6, Golden Time. Yeah, Golden Times.
1: Wait, wait. Is it Golden Times or Golden Time? Golden time is what I thought. Okay, but. it is.
0: It's golden time. I just, like, when I was saying it, I really wanted to tack that S on, and then you said And S. I did it
1: for you. I did <sighs> it for you. <laughs> I cut
0: myself off. Um, this, I still don't know what the meaning of the episode was, but I know that there was some talk on Twitter about it mm-hmm. w- earlier. What Did we get a a title confirmation for... The meaning behind golden time.
1: I don't think that we got any word of God confirmation. I didn't see any coming from Meredith. But the internet says that golden time could refer to the period after a traumatic injury where treatment has the highest chance of preventing death.
0: All right. Is our treatment Eileen?
1: Is she our, our, our golden ray of hope? For the I'm sitting brothers? here and I'm just like Rowena, Rowena, like this is the, this is the period after trauma that Sam uh, and Dean are dealing with and yeah. like trying to figure themselves out. So I'm just like, give me all of this kind of meta off the bat. Like we're not even in the episode description <laughs> yet. Remy, Remy, save us. But
0: but we but we have we we do have Dean, Sam, and Cass all dealing with uh, how they're going to be moving forward. You know.
1: Yes. And I feel like if we're talking about the meaning of the episode, it's really we're seeing our characters look at the way that they've been put into a game Mm -hmm. and how they're all kind of relating with that and how they're choosing to interplay.
0: I am with that. I agree with that 100%. Okay. Yes. I will save you from this. Thank you. <laughs> no rabbit holes just yet. This was an episode that was written by Meredith Glynn and it was directed by uh, John F. Walter. It's and so good. It's so good! it's, and it's so really good.
1: good! Oh my god, this Guys, episode Guys, go looks- shower Meredith with praise here because I cannot believe how dense this episode was and how light on its feet it was too. Like, holy crap there's so much content and it just went so smoothly Yes,
0: it really was and I was just like, oh, oh, shiny at every fucking scene because it was mm-hmm. just so good. I don't have i have I don't have a single complaint that I can think of right now, even though I'm sure I'll find one later. <laughs> I'm sure I'll dig one out but but overall, like this was a fantastic episode, so yes uh uh which is which is refreshing after um the last couple of weeks, but they've
1: been great episodes, but oh no, it's they've been, been great like... episodes, yeah. It's like Dean in this episode being like, I'm going crazy just thinking about it.
0: Right, right. No, yeah. We've definitely had really solid episodes. I was uh, wrong tone when I said that. It was
1: more like... Oh, uh, uh, it's it's a bit of a sigh of of your yeah. your brain is getting into that spa room, that bathtub that you saw uh, set up, and is just <laughs> basking in the steam, being like, "Thank God I can take a reliever here, and I don't have to constantly ponder Chuck this episode."
0: Yes, uh, yeah. Um. So the description for this episode reads: uh, Sam and Dean are visited by an old friend. Cassiel investigates the disappearance of a local teen. Mm-hmm. Cass is back. Cass is back. And I wanted, I
1: missed Cass so much. Talk about a breath of fresh air. Oh. And like, talk about missing someone too. Right off the bat, we're starting with Rowena's apartment. And I'm like, Rowena. The recap for this episode gave me so many
0: Rowena feels. And then, yeah, the intro, we we come right in at Rowena's apartment and I just oh this this intro was rocking it though. Oh, oh I, yeah. I really loved it.
1: We have this fake neighbor Jessie doing a wellness check at Rowena's flat and upon receiving no answer, she proceeds to enter <laughs> and then ransack the place.
0: Yes, yeah. We we get a little montage of her trying looking for something and wrecking a lot of jars as she goes,
1: and apparently she has agro with glass on sight. Like she locks <laughs> eyes with anything that is glass or glass shaped. And She's like fuck this thing and throws it on the floor. <laughs> and and she's she's
0: searching, but but she seems frustrated and she's like, come on, where's the good stuff? But yeah. But and it's it's yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she, she doesn't find the good stuff because she starts choking and she, she has obviously been cursed in some way and she does not, she's trying to make it out of the apartment before this hex, whatever it is, um, takes her out, but she doesn't quite make it.
1: Yeah, so it's not clear whether this was a slow reaction or if she was able to get out of the apartment, would she be saved? Because it it hits her as soon as she's above the desk, the nosebleed, and the presumed internal hemorrhaging just takes her out. No mm-hmm. dice, she's dead. Yeah. And then we are promptly brought back to the bunker and we find Sam in the kitchen and he is scrolling the interwebs for cases. Yeah, the creepy pasta Miracle Baby! St. Mary on a pizza! Yeah. (laughs) And, like, he feels some sort of presence behind him and we, as the audience, can see a shimmer by the doorway. But when Sam turns to look, he can't see anything and in fact, it is Dean who walks in, in his pajamas carrying an empty box of sugary cereal.
0: (laughs) Dean is decked out. He's got his dead guy robe, he's got hot dog jammies, He's got his slippers on, and <laughs> he's he's got that box of sugary cereal that he was eating, apparently
1: the whole box of, because he's a champion. Oh, he's committed. And yeah, he's even reading off the box of this cereal, telling the joke that's on the back. And Sam's just kind of staring there like, are you fucking kidding me? You've just been eating cereal? And Dean's like, yeah, and marathoning Scooby-Doo. Yeah,
0: and Sam's like, "Dean, seriously, you need to pull yourself together." But de- but Dean is just "What what are you talking about? I'm fine." Yeah, like fuck everything basically. <laughs> right. D- Dean Dean is um well, wait. So Sam, what is Sam saying?
1: Well, Sam's annoyed that he seems to have been spending his time eating junk food and watching cartoons because Sam's been busy working, trying to look for omens or signs of where God could be or now Lilith, who was introduced last week.
0: Right. And Dean's like, well, have you had any luck with that? And Sam says no. And Dean just like, well, of course you haven't. What do you expect? Dean is saying, "Look, this is God, capital G O D. God, God. Uh, mm-hmm. we don't have we don't have to worry about looking for him. He'll find us.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, okay, Sam, you haven't had any visions since we were at Colorado. Well, don't worry. I'm sure they'll come back when it's convenient for Chuck. Like, yeah." Dean just has a real cynicism to his outlook, and he's playing it really lightly because it's, I feel like it's just this level where he's like, oh, I I can't bring myself to care because I was caring and then I got fucked over. Yes, exactly. I don't want us to leave this scene without mentioning the little gag with Dean grabbing the box of muesli mix. <laughs>
0: Uh, muesli mix that in our after talk we discovered is solely a Canadian thing, right, B?
1: No, it's not an only Canadian thing. I I'm mean, like I so. I think it's, it's, it's only a Canadian thing. I'm sure it's not. I-, <laughs> I allowed you to label it that way because we have had this is apparently Serial wars three, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're like you're like muesli, right? Just it's, it's muesli. It's the it's a muesli. Uh- it's just. It's like what you would feed a horse almost. Like, it's just oats and seeds and dried berries. Like,
0: it's muesli. And Dean takes that box and he takes a big fucking face full of muesli. And, <laughs>
1: and, and he, no, like, no, 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 His no, His no. body instinctively reacts to <laughs> just unsugared rolled oats and he's immediately (laughs) spitting it out i'm like god bless this man's comedic i know
0: i know his whole everything it was perfect
1: that box goes right back on the shelf and he grabs his chocolatey crunch or whatever it was called (laughs) and again i'm not getting into serial war three we can move on now
0: (laughs) <laughs> but but yeah it was oh it was so good dean i have so many things to say or maybe i don't have things to say because i don't know how to describe it the way that dean moves in this episode it makes no sense like dean what are you doing with your body I, he doesn't
1: give a fuck apparently
0: that's what it is he doesn't give a fuck he's just fucking it it's it remind it reminded me of his little peacock t- full body swivel when he turned to Sam in episode two or no, episode four and said, the meat man and then
1: sauntered away. <laughs> it's this lightness like he doesn't seem like he's on guard and I think it's speaking again to this fact that he's kind of thrown his hands up in the air and he's like, what's the fucking point of anything? Like, If Chuck wants to kill me in my bathrobe, then he's going to kill me in my bathrobe and I have no say in it. Like, mm-hmm. It's this level of his defense being down that we don't often see yeah yeah definitely and it's actually symptomatic of him being in a really bad place
0: i mean this is very obviously calling straight back to um uh uh season 14 season yeah season 14 episode 4 mint condition Yes. Uh, yeah. This is Dean in mint condition, just lounging out in- on his bed, watching David Yeager movies and gorging on
1: leftover Stale pizza. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in a situation he's got zero comfort from, and well, he's going to find comfort his yes. own way, and it's going to be very close to himself, very personal. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Okay. Next scene. Cass? next scene Cass <gasps> Cass Cass cannot wait for this bait and tackle shop to open before he gets to it and he's this early bird quote unquote Clarence who greets the owner Andy at the door
0: oh my god gosh, we see, uh, we see Cass walking up to this store. It's closed. He looks in, and the owner calls from down the sidewalk, hey, Clarence, and Cass's face, he just turns, he smiles, he says, hey, Andy, and 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 they just are having a conversation as they as as they go in, he opens up uh for for Cass and, and they're having a conversation on how's that bait been treating you and <laughs> I'm
1: promptly suffering. There's so much background that we're not being told, but it's there. Like Cass left the bunker and he's trying to find some peace. He's trying yes. to find some semblance of comfort. The same yes. way we're seeing Dean reacting now, and so what Cass did was he went and found Jenny Lake, Wyoming, and he rented a cabin, and he's been trying to find peace fishing. I'm like, immediately clenches my heart. Is this a heart attack?
0: I fucking know, right? Oh he- my god! I mean, we, we 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 are told Cass tells us exactly why he's here. He says, you know, I had a I had a friend. Oh my gosh! I had a friend. I had a, I friend. Had a friend. I had a friend. Uh, he says, "I had a friend who always praised fishing for its meditative qualities." I don't know if I get it yet,
1: but I'm gonna keep trying. Oh, and just the fact that okay, the bait seems to be working. I think the fish are sensing me, and I'm just again, I'm sitting there. I'm like, maybe fish can sense angels. Like that's not at all what we're being yes. told, but
0: yes. He's like, I, they, they, they've come to anticipate me. Like, does he go to the dock? And if he's not catching anything, does he just have a little chat with him? How oh,
1: long he- does he stay out there? Like, <laughs> you can hear the fondness in my voice, okay? I love everything that's happening here. I love everything that's happening here. Cast does not love seeing Andy, our Aww. owner here, cracking open a bottle of liquor at nine a.m. And he's kind of like, "Okay, um, Andy, is everything all right?"
0: Yeah, yeah. Andy uh uh has a little hottie toddy going on with some uh, whiskey in his cup of coffee, and mm-hmm. and Andy is, says, uh, "Well." This morning was kind of rough. Uh, I volunteer for the volunteer fire department, and we pulled a body from the lake this morning. It was uh, a young man, a missing kid. What what was his name?
1: Shane Coogan. Yeah. Or Coogan.
0: Yeah, Shane Coogan. Um, He drowned, and they found his body earlier that day.
1: By all accounts, should be a drowning, but hey, he's been drained, too. Like, exsanguinated. I'm like, this is the episode of exsanguination. Mark me down right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, it's not that profound. But I'm like, my notes have it, like, three or four times. I'm like, this word was my word of the day. Uh, I'm not going to be able to say that word. Sorry. Exsanguination. Exsanguination. Got it in one. (laughs) He's de-bloodified. Yeah. (laughs) That one. So we're already on Cass's side here, kind of puzzling out. Okay, this sounds curious. And we're left on that note to return to Sam, who is now outside the bunker. He's jogging at the lake. Oh, my
0: fucking God. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my fucking God. So, like, literally every single scene this episode is just a
1: gym. It is a gift. It is beautiful. It's multifaceted, multidimensional. We're getting so much light. And and so
0: much depth and insight into our characters' routines and mindsets without actually talking about it. And I just love it
1: so much. I love it so much. Like we had Sam. He was you can tell he's stressed out trying to find out about God and Lilith. And so it's like, he's gone jogging. So this is Sam taking a break. This is Sam trying to throw himself into his routine. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To reset. Yeah. Yeah. And he's
0: jogging and, but he senses something weird and, uh, his breath fogs before him and he turns and he sees this flickering visage of Eileen. Yes. None other than Eileen
1: Leahy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that presence he was feeling before in the bunker, the presence is now able to reveal itself as Eileen.
0: Yeah, and Sam is, I mean, taken aback, but his face, he's just... I mean, it's Eileen, and she, and and we cut to the bunker. And now we have Dean, Sam, and Eileen all, you know, talking about what has happened here.
1: Yeah. So, talking about the hidden background things that are going on here, Eileen wasn't able to reveal herself before because of the warding that's on the bunker. So, now that she was able to meet Sam outside... Sam and Dean will have done something with the warding, so now she can manifest inside the bunker. And she's using this opportunity to fill in, like, here's what happened since you last saw me.
0: Yeah, yeah. The hellhound that killed Eileen, we conveniently leave out Ketch in this. Um, Known fucker.
1: <laughs> Making <he> um, rest.
0: <laughs>
1: Aww. <laughs> I Okay. Okay, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Yeah. I, I don't hate him, but these types of things where I'm like, mmm, I can feel my aggro bar like lock on sight eyes. I'm like, okay, that fucker. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. So so the hellhound that
0: killed Eileen dragged her soul to hell. Um and now I am thinking about Joe and Ellen yep. who died in a similar manner, but yep. oh. Oh, so um, Eileen has been in hell. She escaped when the doors cracked open um, and she just
1: hauled ass out of there. She was well gone by time that barrier was put up, which means that she was outside of the radius of Rowena's spell to suck up all the demons and ghosts and bring them back into hell.
0: Yeah, when she got out, she wanted a way. Yeah. It, it, hell?
1: Okay, it's there. I'll go two hundred miles in any direction. Bye. Yeah,
0: yeah. Anytime that she speaks of hell in this episode, it's it's a fresh trauma. And yeah. Yeah. Um and and she's saying, I've been trying to show myself to you guys for a while, but this ghost thing isn't exactly easy. But I know how this ends for me, if I stay here where I am now, ghosts will, like, I'll go crazy. And, yeah. and, and I'm not going back to hell. So I was hoping, the reason I'm here, I'm hoping that we can find a way to get me upstairs.
1: Yeah. Like, can I put you down as a reference on my CV yeah. and submit that to heaven? Because I can't stay on Earth and I am certainly not going back to hell. So, there's only one direction we can really see. And Dean just uh breaks the bad news right off the bat. Yeah, he says,
0: you know, it, it, even if we could, it wouldn't matter. It, any soul that's been to hell can't go to heaven. Yeah, sorry. And
1: I I've, I've seen a lot of salt being spilled around this fact. And I know we were certainly culprits with it when we first heard about it in episode 2 this it, it feels like a break to canon but really what it is is we were sitting in the dark with Sam and Dean with regards to what happens with souls that have been to hell
0: yeah i mean i, I don't dislike this new canon but at the time when it was revealed in that second episode it i feel that it wasn't done with enough weight or it was done too choppily for me to look at it and be like, Oh no, this is like actually a thing. This is actually yeah. a thing that's happening. I didn't think it was, ha- I didn't think it was true.
1: You know, I, I, yeah. Well, we were given that information from an unreliable narrator, which is Belphegar, you know, we yeah, exactly. didn't know whether we could trust him at the time. So anything that was coming out of his mouth was initially, initially suspect.
0: I still think that we have like weak foundations on this, but since we have had that word from God that no, this is actually true canon and something that you know is obviously going to be in play for the rest yeah. of the season, I'm like I'm fine with it because it does make sense from of from a like narrative level. Like yeah, Chuck does as he pleases exactly. And And when the Winchesters were in Chuck's favor, Chuck can place his pieces however he wanted to.
1: Exactly. And I think that's the thing that is perhaps not getting the limelight with these conversations we're seeing happening online, because we, okay, we hear that... Souls that have been to hell cannot get to heaven, and that is such a break from what we have seen with characters that we know. But that is because the characters we've seen who break this were done intentionally by Chuck. Chuck was Uh moving the pieces on the board however he saw would best increase the drama for his favorite characters. You know, he's going to set up the trial that you have to rescue a soul from hell because that's going to make them think of Bobby and then that's going to give me so much drama. And, like, he sits there in his bathrobe and is just kind of like, (laughs) this is such a good idea. I'm a genius. So... With all of that in mind, it makes a lot of sense. Like, if you just have that lens to say Chuck was breaking the rules before because it put the story to a place that he saw fit.
0: Yeah, and they're rules that Chuck set himself. So, uh, that being said, uh, I still was sitting on my couch yelling at the TV,
1: Belthagor told you this! You don't know anything! Oh, yeah, I know. Like... That's the hard part right now is that, again, like the characters, we sit there and go, what is Chuck's machinations and what isn't? And so, like, it was Balfour lying with this? Was he telling the truth? But with what we're being told, and I think these elements that we're being told about Soul Touch Tells become really crucial in the conversation about heaven and hell at large within the show. And it, what those things are going to look like by the end of the season, potentially.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've we talked about it. I talked about it. Um, I know that I personally think that we're going to be ending the season with a complete restructuring of the whole afterlife everything. So yeah. I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. But obviously, we're, we're breaking that system before we can fix it. Yeah.
1: Like, we're seeing it as unjust, and we are right as people to say that this is bullshit. You know, this is unfair. But we are not right as people to be like, the writers don't know what they're doing. No. That's a step too far. Yeah. But... It, again, have faith in the fact of what Sam says at the end of this episode. We're the guys who break the rules, so I can see this as being one of those elements that was intentionally introduced to give us friction and something to rally against. Exactly, something to fight against. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And and
0: so Dean so Dean breaks this news to Eileen and, and um, he says she takes I'm sorry. Hit. she takes the hit oh my God Eileen is fucking killing it this episode I I adore Eileen and this is actually your first ever
1: episode with her yes this is, your this is introduction. my introduction yeah Jinx <laughs> 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 sorry.
0: I like that little ha 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 so so this is your first time meeting Eileen, and I love her, and mm-hmm. I am so, this episode makes me so excited for you to, you know, have her a little bit more later. Uh, we'd never had enough of her, but hopefully she'll be sticking around for, yes, like, for a good Yes, this is a great
1: season. first impression with her. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: yeah, she. but in here right now, this is a very you know, hard moment yeah. where where she she feels that she's run out of options.
1: Yeah, she has like the Liz Lemon moment of I'm going to go talk to some food about this.
0: <laughs> and and we cut to Dean, I guess retreating back to his cave. Um but Sam is hot on his heels to say, "Um dude, what the hell?" I mean, yeah. It- he you considers, considers
1: Dean here tactless in how he brought this news to Eileen.
0: Right, right. You could have been a little bit more sensitive. And Dean is saying, what, did you want me to sugarcoat it? Like, the truth sucks. Everything sucks.
1: It says, like, well, no, but like, show some investment in what's going on, essentially, is what I'm feeling is coming oh, yeah. across there. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. And- Dean's just hopping to a solution he goes okay what about those soul catcher things how about we just use one of those on Eileen and Sam's briefly baffled like you want to put her in a prison full of crazy ghosts and then Dean, well no we'll make one for her and again Sam's like you can't just say things Dean. there has to be a follow-through that's a lot of complicated magic I don't know if we can pull it off. Yeah, yeah, and Dean says, "Okay, but
0: you're like Rowena's protege, right? You, Ginger you can Junior. do it, Ginger Junior." For for Dean to be saying this, and and I didn't mention it, but when he so casually brought up Sam's visions earlier, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just it. You know, on the one hand, you can take it as Dean's, um flippancy uh but on the other i i i just see a trust a maturity almost yes a maturity yes a maturity
1: from let's say season three season two when oh i hate witches like they're so gross body fluids everywhere
0: yeah, and and Sam with his powers and anything yes. that was that would have been considered, you know, not normal in Dean's books. Yes, it, it's it's a big it's a big change. And this I this is a lot of this is a lot of words to say. I was very surprised when it, Dean was like, "Hey, man, you can do it." This is your
1: Rowena's protege. Like, yeah. that's a big thing to hear Dean say, and that's also a big thing for my ears to hear and my body to, Heart to feel <laughs> <sighs> oh, i love witchy sam I, I i like these visions being back i like yes happy happy b yeah it it is one of those
0: returns to the og supernatural that is completely different from what it was because of the evolution of our characters
1: yeah we get to see the evolution through these lines like this
0: yeah yeah so so I am
1: very here for it yes and so Sam's kind of listening to what Dean's saying and saying well even if I could do this spell I'll need Rowena's things to do it and Dean's like well, like I don't make the rules was one of the things that he said regarding yes. the souls of hell. Yeah, he's
0: like that's how it is. I don't make the rules. And and this is this is the scene where I'm like Dean, what are you doing with your body? Because he's like <laughs> dancing in place
1: practically. He's just like whatever, man. He has big motions. Like there these motions of his body are betraying the emotions under the surface. Yeah, he's acting like well like this is a plus B plus C like this is what you got to do but you can see within him there's this frustration and it's carrying through his body language
0: yeah yeah it, because Dean is saying all right yeah you just you know you need a crystal go to ruinus fly get the crystal and and Sam's like well I was meaning to go to get over there ever since yeah. you know everything and and Dean's just like Cool, see you later. going back yeah. to my scooby doo and and Sam is wait, what? no, wait, you're not coming with us and it, Dean again, that kind of like a frustration that that just flippancy he's saying, Come on, man, this is a milk run. You got this, Yeah, and this is where Sam calls him out,
1: yes. Sam goes, ever since God got back, you've been acting like there's nothing we can do. Like nothing matters, but we can do this. Like this matters. Yeah. This it's is again big. trying to make Dean connect with things around him.
0: Right. This is important. This is Eileen. Like you should care. You need to care. Yeah. And and Dean can't. He doesn't.
1: Yeah. Cause again, Dean said, I don't make the rules. He's looking at this as a rigged system. And so if it's rigged, he doesn't want to play. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, exactly. Yeah. So Dean's just not swayed by this speech from Sam. And so Sam's going to have to foot it alone with Eileen.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Back at Jenny Lake, we have Cass, and he's at the sheriff's office and he's pleading with the secretary, trying to get a meeting with this sheriff, Roy. But apparently he's getting his hair cut because it's Tuesday. Tuesday. And I'm like, if you see this man, as we will later, I'm like, this man gets a haircut every Tuesday? Every Tuesday? <laughs> with that bald pate on his head?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I I love this receptionist. We kill it with these extras. I love her. I love everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: she's pretty great.
0: Yes. And this receptionist is also, (laughs) I mean, I I would say only paying Cass half a mind, because she very obviously wants to get back to her book that she's reading.
1: Yes, this romance novel from the looks of it. Yeah, and I didn't catch the title of that book,
0: the first watch, but I sure did this time. Oh? She's reading this bonus ripper romance novel titled Lover's Quarrel.
1: I'm breathing deep. <laughs> I'm <laughs> fine. Are we fine? I'm not breathing. I'm not fine. <laughs> we have lovers' quarrel, staring I'm Cass in the, the face. Using the limited oxygen still in my lungs <laughs> to tell you I'm not fine.
0: It's fine. It's I'm fine. I'm dead now. So, so Cass is just okay. I'll wait here then, and yes. and uh. She oh oh actually his attention is called to a woman who is also in the waiting room and this woman Melly she asks of Cass your are FBI I I thought you thought you were just renting the Dowling
1: cabin again he's out in a cabin I'm fine. <laughs> Secretary is completely unturned by Cass, but I would say that she's annoyed by this Melly person because yes. Melly's here since her son might be missing, and she's immediately got her ears towards Cass because if Cass is here looking into that missing person, then maybe her son is related with this too.
0: Right, right. Melly says, "Are are you?" Hear about that boy that was found. And Cass, Cass, he goes over to her, he sits down, he listens to her story. And Cass in this scene just really struck me as Cass, you listen so well and you care so much. And yeah. I can't, I just can't believe how good he is and how, uh, uh, what a,
1: what a fucking gift he, this. Entire episode is I, so. Oh, yes. Like I said, the secretary has like no time for Melly yeah. because she's treating Melly like she's alarmist, but Melly's trying to bring her concerns to someone who might listen. Because if this town runs like a postcard, well, at least this is an outsider who might give me a fighting chance, might actually hear what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Cass. Goes to her and sits down and says, uh, "Did you know the boy?" And she says, "No, but I, I'm worried about my own son." And Cass just focuses in so well, and and he's like, "Tell me more." Like, uh, mm-hmm. uh and it's just, it's just good. He's good. He's a good bean.
1: Yeah, and he's agreeing that he's going to help her find her son. Yes. Yeah. Brief uh, aside, his uh-huh. alias, because we hear Clarence, and I'm immediately like, "Oh, uh-huh. gave him that nickname." But he gives his last name in this scene as Worley. And Clarence Worley is a character from a movie called True Romance. It was like something Tarantino wrote and then sold and someone else directed. Uh-huh. But the character, Clarence Worley, was supposed to die at the end of the movie in a gun battle. But uh-huh. the director changed the story so it was no longer what the writer intended and Clarence Worley survived. Oh my god, no. Are you serious? I'm fucking serious! Are you serious? They shot two endings, like the one where he died and then the one where he lived. And the director was like, I'm holding on to this. And then that the ending where he lived was the one that made it, was the The final final cut cut that went into it.
0: Oh my god, Meredith. I know. Meredith, can you come
1: here? I just I just want to talk. We just have questions. <laughs> Golden time, Clarence Worley. what does it mean? Lover's quarrel. Scream! You gave We're us fine. the you You gave us the bunker washroom this episode. I <laughs> Die i are not there yet. <laughs> I, I need mean, I, I a fucking loophole spell because I fucking died. We're gonna paper rock scissors which one of us gets resurrected. <laughs> Jesus. I thought we're you were fine. gonna say I
0: thought you were gonna say we could rock paper scissors for who takes the bunker washroom as our final
1: takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean <laughs> Holy, I, my eyes were immediately like, we're going through this frame by frame. (laughs) Okay, so, we're fine. fine. Yeah, we're back to Sam. Yes. Sam is refueling the Impala for their trip to Rowena's, and he's chatting with Eileen and apologizing to her because he just wishes there was more that they could do besides trap her in a rock. Yeah, yeah,
0: and... He says, "I hate this. I just want something better for you." And Eileen says, "This is this is better. Uh, I, if this is what you can give me, then I'll take it because I do not want to stay here, lose myself, and hurt people. And I can't go back. Yeah, there. More,
1: I feel like more importantly, it's not hell. It's not yes, going exactly. to be hell. Yes. And yes." Sam is feeding along that lines going, you know, I remember my time there and talking about it helps. And I oh, I had the moment where I'm like, remember when Sam and Rowena in Various and Sundry Villains were sharing their mutual experiences regarding Lucifer? Lucifer? And like, hey, here's our trauma and we're airing it. I'm like, Rowena is everywhere in her fingerprints are all over the scenes and i'm not fine but i'm fine well exactly sam is standing here
0: where where rowena is a presence in everything in this episode but sam is standing here and saying talking about it helps talking about his experiences in hell now who have we seen him talking about his experiences like Really, honestly, sitting down and connecting with someone about those experiences in hell,
1: yeah, Only and in a Rowena. way that he didn't have to front. You know, like when it comes to Dean, he wants to shelter his brother from certain things because he knows Dean will take things in a very hard manner. He'll take on burdens that don't belong to him.
0: Well, Dean, you know, they really didn't have conversations about Sam's time in hell. No, um, it, because I think, because like, that Sam relates to it. Yeah, yeah. Sam was just so struggling with it that uh Dean was just trying to help him keep it together in any way that he could, which at the time was self-harm. Yeah. Yeah. But um what? Uh, but but I I don't think that's the talking about it that Sam was talking
1: about. No, it really did draw my attention back to his conversations with Rowena. Like, yeah. here is a objective third party, we could call it, because they were still kind of growing close at that time, mm-hmm. where you could sit down and kind of shoot straight. You know, I know you're not going to take on my trauma anymore. I'm going to take on your trauma, but we can share our trauma and lift each other up with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what kind of hand he's trying to extend to Eileen now. But Eileen's like, nah, my, my trauma's pretty fresh. I think I'm gonna let it, <laughs> you know, just I'm gonna let it sit in the cooler for another thirty to sixty years and we'll talk about it later, maybe. Well well, I think that Eileen really does
0: appreciate the offer. Yeah. But she says, Not yet. Yes. I can't not yet.
1: Yes, she everyone has to process in their own time. And so I think it was really good of Sam to put the offer out there. Yeah, and I do believe her when she says I'm not ready. But when I will be, you know, you're the one that I know I got an ear with you. I know you'll listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a really tender moment.
0: Yeah, um, a really tender moment. Sam looks to her and signs, I understand, and <laughs> almost gets a laugh out of Eileen for that one. Yeah, she just kind of teases him a bit. Yeah, she says, no, that was good. Because how flattering is it that we have Sam here saying, you know, after I met you, I endeavored to learn because, because I care about you. And yeah,
1: well and maybe not just even flattering but like the it's like the base level of decency yeah that someone is meeting and they're saying like i'm doing this because i want to meet you where i don't want you to have to constantly walk to my side and sit there i want to meet you on your side too
0: yeah yeah exactly and i say flattering but but because
1: it's for her
0: like. But, yes, it, because it's for her. And unfortunately, yeah, like, you know, how often is a, a differently abled person, you know, met in that way
1: on the day to day? Yeah, because like sign language should be taught, it should be available, it should be commonplace, and it's unfortunately not. And so just this little moment here of Sam being like, hey, I'm, do, I'm, Going to do the work that I should to mm-hmm. meet you where we should meet, like, yeah, yeah. And she's and just, just kind of like, I could tell you're out of practice. It's okay. <laughs> and, and and
0: I don't I don't know. I wanted to dig into what Sam says. He says, when I met you, I started, you know, trying to freshen up on w- my sign language, but I guess I'm stuck. And I thought
1: that was a weird. I I like slap my thighs. I'm like, this is where Sam feels like he is in the game. He yeah. just feels stuck. He feels like he can't move forward because he's trying to find out God and Lilith. Where are they going? He's trying to even see where the chess pieces are on the board. And he just can't tell. He knows that they're out there. And so he's just feeling trapped in the moment. And so I felt like that line is reflective of more than... Like it didn't feel like it reflected the conversation. It instead reflected where he feels right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. He says, "Guess I'm stuck," and and that did ping me as this is more than it seems. But what is it? Why? Why is this? With regards to
1: Eileen, I could see like, I guess I'm stuck, and it's like we have each other that we can help each other out. You know, Mm -hmm. like. That kind of would be the tail end of that topic right there.
0: Yeah, but no, I absolutely, yes, thank you for g- giving me some bigger meaning on that line. Because I knew it had to be there. Mm-hmm. I, and I agree with you on that. Yeah, and that. like,
1: again, talking about the really subtle background stuff that's going on. It Like I said at the top here, that this episode is talking, or it's using the analogy of a game. And how all of our characters are yeah. participating in this game. In the game. So Chuck has rigged a game around them. And so Cass tried to take himself out of the game. You know, he goes yeah. and sits by the side of the game board. And Sam here is trying to move forward on the board, but he feels stuck. And whereas Dean goes, the rules are rigged against us. And so I'm not going to play. Yeah. 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 So like Cass and Dean have very similar approaches, but with different mindsets. Well, I that- would say one thing on Dean. Hmm. Um. I
0: think yes, it's uh, the rules are rigged. I don't want to play anymore. But also, it's I've already lost, so I don't see the point of seeing it to the end.
1: Yeah, okay. that's fair. Because maybe to Sam and Cass, the board game, you know, it's like Monopoly or Game of Life or something like that. But for Dean, he feels like he's been playing slots, you know, he puts the coin in and the machine's going to do what the machine's going to do. And odds are it's going to just take his money. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't see the point in participating because it's just going to bleed him dry.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. Good. Good analogy.
1: There we go. We're at Vegas this episode, guys.
0: <laughs> but but that that game analogy definitely runs through this episode. Um, we mm-hmm. mention it multiple times, mm-hmm. so and that's it's what very we're light
1: hand through it too. Like the first watch, I wasn't picking up on it, and then the second one, I was eyes emoji at every time they were talking about the rules and things being rigged.
0: Right. Right. Yep.
1: Yes. So. They've filled up with gas, they've continued their drive, and now they park outside of Rowena's apartment. And we have a brief glimpse of this moving truck that's also parked there, but Sam and Eileen just head inside to the apartment.
0: Yep. And there's a dead body right on the threshold. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't realize you were decorated. <laughs> Eileen, uh, Sam, who's that? Mm-hmm. And... And Sam is, I I don't know, but they investigate and they discover that she has a tattoo that marks her as a witch.
1: Yes. It puts her as a member of the Order Maleficarum and I liked Eileen initially, like, she's goth? Yeah. And then, no, she's a witch. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. But, but, so Sam reveals the tattoo and then Eileen says, so she's, she's goth and Sam says no close Uh, she's a witch (laughs) it was so cute yeah I just (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and and that's a big question mark but we go
1: so many scene cuts (laughs) well there as they were looking through the apartment we kind of panned across this one mirror and it shimmered and it was showing like it was scrying
0: yeah, and it's not just showing like it's crying. We see again that moving van and we see what's inside and we see two women over this this scrying mirror.
1: Yes. And one is a Samara looking type character. We we had to like toss hands last night about which one oh. of us first thought of this character as Ezra Miller S. <laughs> You can have it. I don't even care anymore. We can have independent thoughts and then collaborate. I was gonna be, I was gonna be the cool hip one who got the <laughs> pop culture reference. And I didn't even
0: have to Google him before I you knew. knew. You knew. You knew. I was, I was, I, I did think it was Ezra, Ezra Muller, Ezra M-
1: <laughs> M- Minsk. No, see, I went credence barebone, and then wait a tick, that's not his real name, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Ezra's here, and then uh, her mother is has the glowing purple eyes and is the one who is doing this peeping in on Sam and Eileen. Yeah. Yeah. So since there's a dead body in the apartment, they kind of start making their moves quick because they don't know what might get them into the same level of trouble. And we go to the next scene with Cass and this sheriff Roy is finally there in person, and again that haircut, I don't know what he's paying for it, but he could do it at home.
0: I I would I would like to just say that I have spelt sheriff Three different ways on the same page.
1: How many R's do you put in sheriff?
0: <laughs> look, 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 look. I have sheriff with one R, one Kay. F. Mm-hmm. Sheriff with one R, two Fs, mm-hmm. and sheriff with two Rs, one F.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've been leaning the one R, two Fs, and every time I write it down, I get increasingly <laughs> like stressed that I'm doing it wrong. I think I think it's too. See, to me.
0: Two R's, one F, looks it's the, correct. It's the right balance
1: of letters. We got it, but
0: <laughs> but, but Cass is with the sheriff. <laughs> sheriff, <laughs> and and uh, the sheriff is kind of peering out through the glass wall to say that that Melly Krukowski, she is a pain in my ass, isn't she?
1: Yeah. She, Melly's getting treated like the boy who cried wolf. He is telling all of these complaints that she's brought to them. And it's like, mad that there's not vegan options. It's the 4th of July. They're mad that there's 4th of July. Like, it just, it sounds ridiculous. And you're already kind of like, okay, so is this another cry wolf situation with her son? Because that's what the cops are treating her.
0: That's what the cops are treating her like, but I think, I mean, to me, it seems like they're they're obviously doing her a discredit.
1: Yeah, and we're meant to sympathize with Cass's character, and also just, like, me as a person, I'm like, oh, your kid's missing? Yeah, let's go look. Like, I don't care that the secretary's like, it's just been a couple hours, chill out. Your kid's missing.
0: Yeah, and the sheriff says, you know, a teenage boy doesn't show up uh, for breakfast. He's probably just with his friend sobering up. Like, he'll yeah. be fine.
1: Yeah, there's an answer for everything. And Cass,
0: talking about, you know, being sympathetic to our characters, Cass then hardens towards the sheriff to be like, hey, her son is missing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they have a lot of people gone missing around here. And the sheriff goes... Well, like, there's been some, but it's never been locals, and Mm -hmm. Shane, he was someone who came basically last year, and, you know, he did opioids, so it's his fault he drowned, basically. He od in the lake, and, okay, cool, you're real sympathetic to your population, hey?
0: Yeah, and Cass says, well you know, I'd like to see the body. And Sheriff shrugs and says, well, already on the way to Cheyenne. We don't have an ME, so... Convenient Ah. enough. Eh. And Cass rolls his eyes and says, well, then I'm gonna need to, to see everything you have on any recent missing persons reports Yeah,
1: I'm going to need all the casework regarding this. And yes. at that the sheriff challenges him being like, "Okay, like can I speak to your supervisor? Mm-hmm. I got to confirm why the fuck you're out here snoozing around this shit."
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And here and- we go. And, and then we cut to the bunker, and there's a phone <laughs> ringing, and I'm on the floor. and This is finished. one of my
1: favorite things when Bobby did it, and it continues to be one of my favorite things. I
0: know. We have Dean entering into the war room, and he approaches the side table, and there is just this jumble of burner phones, each with a different label. And the Bobby cell jumble, I... Mm-hmm. I it's it's one of my favorite things and i it is such a great callback and again for the 15th time i'm going to say every single scene here has this
1: little nugget of gold that just glimmers lifts me up fills my soul with light and tells me truths i've never heard before <laughs> it's
0: so good it's so. It's just these little details that that bring so much depth to everything that we're seeing, and I love it. I love it. I love it so much. So yes. we have Dean, and he's looking for the one ringing cell in these tin
1: in this rat's nest of <laughs> charging cables. And- and- yeah.
0: And, and he's like, okay, we got to get a better system for this. But he finds the FBI phone and he flips it open and he says, hello, this is, uh, assistant director Kaiser.
1: Yeah. And you know what? They're clearly so excited to talk to each other. I mean, end of last episode, it was clear Cass wasn't even answering Sam's messages. And here he is obligated now to talk to Dean.
0: Oh my god, so... Uh, so, Dean says, uh, let me speak to my agent, and the sheriff passes over the phone, and Cass's grumble
1: here. His eye roll, like, his eyes froze during the <laughs> roll, and he's just staring at the ceiling like, God, I know you're not there to help me anymore, so I'm just gonna say fuck you personally for making this like... <laughs> oh my
0: god. Cass says, yes just hello (laughs) Dean
1: is is like hey man long time no see where the fuck you been getting messages yeah so you're not reading them no like it's just one word responses
0: basically coming from Cass here yes yes and Dean's like well you know if you care Chuck's back back in the game back on the board I think he says Mm -hmm. yeah again with that game metaphor Mm -hmm. God's back back on the board, and so you need to watch yourself. And, and check your and, damn messages. Yeah,
1: maybe just check your messages, and then promptly hangs up. I yes. mean Honestly, and I'm like, I can so relate, because when you have someone that you're struggling so hard, and, like, you know they're leaving you on read or, like, they're not even messaging you at all, if you finally get to talk to them, you just have that, like, spiteful, fuck you kind of feeling of, like, now you have to talk to me. Uh but but Dean wasn't reaching out to Cass. No, but he's indignant on behalf of his brother because Sam's clearly been putting in effort here. Dean, I'm just I'm still mad at you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I Dean Dean Again, he's got his big motion flippancy body language because inside is just really painful. He really sucks at roulette. No slots. <laughs> At slots. (laughs) Really sucks at slots.
0: Here is where I have Lover's Quarrel all caps bold.
1: (laughs) Back on my page. Um, I really liked that even after Dean hung up. Like, you see Cass have this moment where he just presses the knuckles to his eyes and then puts the phone back up and he's like, yep, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. And then hangs up. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's... I
0: can't tell here... Well, one, I love that Cass is sticking with his guns. He yeah. says, I needed to get away. Um, And two, we now see that Dean is still in that place of self-righteousness in his anger towards Cass.
1: Yeah. And it's also this level of, like, Cass icing them out is going to exacerbate Dean's uh-huh. anger. And Dean his wrath when he's speaking to Cass. Like, Cass gets on the line and is just expecting a reprimand, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's just more of the same of what he had before, you know? Why does that problem always seem to be you? Yeah. So... Cass also is sitting there like, why the fuck do I want to even talk with you when it's just more of this? So, like, they're both just in this really headbutt of a situation that could be cleared up if they could sit down and talk. But again, we don't get the therapy hour outside of that (laughs) one episode in season 13 that I think about a lot. And I'm pretty sure was Meredith, too. God damn it.
0: Was it? Bless. Oh my God! Was Maya a Meredith episode? I think so. Oh my God! Uh, oh my God! Okay, okay, yes.
1: <laughs> We're fine. We're good. This is our therapy hour.
0: Yeah. The sheriff the the sheriff kind of looks at Cass, and I I I like to think that the sheriff was just like, okay, you're having a bad day. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you what you need. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was enough authority in that moment that he's like, okay, yeah, you are back. I'm no longer sniffing your bullshit. And he'll get him the files. Yeah. So then we jump back to Rowena's apartment with Sam and Eileen, just unable to find anything of value in this flat. Nothing but junk, they say. We've got the, the witchiest thing in the room is a
0: deck of tarot cards.
1: Yeah. So... They are sitting there, okay, that's not really adding up considering how powerful Rowena is. Mm -hmm. And so Eileen, using her abilities as a ghost, faces through the walls and she calls out for Sam because she's found a hidden room behind one of the bookshelves.
0: Yeah, Sam pushes in the the fake bookshelf or the hidden door behind the bookshelf and uh and Eileen is standing in front of a wall of goodies and she says ta-da. she
1: mm-hmm. She's got her little jazz hands out and everything. I stand. I love her so much. She's so bubbly. I love that. And yeah, this is Rowena's apothecary, and even more so than her closet of ingredients, it's also her journals.
0: Yes, this is what Sam is immediately drawn to. She kept journals, all of her spells, all of her thoughts, all of her notes. Um it, it, it's all right here at Sam's fingertips. And he is pulling these journals and he definitely has uh there's this level of academic interest, but when he actually sees, you know, Rowena's handwriting, Rowena's um uh, legacy. In yeah. his hands, he gets a little maudlin.
1: Yeah, well, it's an intimate thing to be holding someone's journals. And it is. also to know that she cared for magic. She cared for her craft so wholly that she kept track of all of the spells that she did. She kept track of every one that she worked because it was critical to her to kind of keep that knowledge alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Eileen approaches Sam to say, you know, hey, you miss her. I see that you miss her. And Mm -hmm. Sam does. And he, he says, (laughs) he says, I was the one who killed her because the universe just hates us. Yeah. Apparently. I really
1: liked how he did it. Like she goes, you miss her. And he goes, I killed her. Her idea. But just, again, she was the one who made this sacrifice, and she did it on her own terms. And I like that he is pointing out her relationship with magic, too, that, again, going back to the game metaphor, Rowena knew the game was rigged, but she used magic as her way of controlling things. Like, Yeah. It's, again, we're getting... Rowena's fingerprints everywhere were getting real tastes of her psyche and what her motivations were and how important magic was to her, to her day to day, and how she used it to justify her death. Yeah. I believe in prophecy. I believe in magic. And this is the way things are going to go. It was her exerting control up until the very end.
0: Exactly. She got it. Rowena got it. And, and we have Sam who just said, I guess I'm stuck. And now (laughs) he has, you know, insight into Rowena to say, you know, Rowena knew and this is how she kept control. And this is how she beat the odds. And... And and this is just the breakthrough for me on Sam, where yes. on the one hand, I'm like, witchy Sam, but on the other, it's just this is exactly what he needs in this moment.
1: Yeah, because he was stuck. And Rowena's way of finding peace with the game is one that really dovetails with his own nature. And so to have that insight into her, that she used magic to take control of what she could... You can see there's this synergy, this the spark that's brought back to him yeah. with that knowledge. And it feeds into the end of this episode when he's talking to Dean and saying, like, we're the guys who break the rules.
0: He's yes.
1: finding his footing by learning about sort of the women who are in his life and how they got their own footing.
0: Yes, yes. Because here, the rule that we are rallying against is Eileen is in a shitty situation of God's making. Mm -hmm. And Sam finds the answer to that problem. He sees sees the spell, and we move into the living room to start gathering some ingredients, because Sam is super excited. Mm -hmm. And Sam gives us the rundown on, so... When our mom died, when Mary died, uh, Rowena was trying to help us get her back, bring her back, but she couldn't. She needed a body but when we didn't have one rowena kept working on it and she found a way to or she found a way to build upon what agnes and the book of the dam showed her and she didn't need a body she could make the spirit flesh and mm-hmm. and and this is this is what we need this is what we're looking for eileen we can bring you back
1: But the critical thing of that is the spell was incomplete. You know, once they found out that Mary was in heaven and she was happy, the impetus behind this spell kind of petered away. And so Rowena left it unfinished. But Sam reviewing it, he's like, I I might be able to do this. And if I can, then Eileen, you're coming back.
0: Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm like, bold
1: claim, Sam. But (laughs) I thought you were the witch. He's stuck and he wants to get out. He needs that win. So, yes,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And like when I heard that, okay, you've got this spell that can bring someone back, I was immediately like, Rowena, Rowena. But like, I'm like, that's my first watch, my second watch I go through, and I realize, okay, this is turning a soul to flesh, so you need the soul, you need to have the spirit, and unfortunately we just don't have Rowena here with us, so she's not a viable option. Uh, We don't even know where Rowena is. No. Please be some Hades level of goddess of the underworld. Uh Uh Uh-huh. But please, we'll, we'll see it in the, the later half of the season. I'm hoping all fingers and toes crossed.
0: I very much believe that we will.
1: Yeah, it, it would make sense. But we have the next scene, which is a silent montage just with the music, <laughs> but we get Cass researching the case.
0: Yeah, he is, he's got his files, he's got them all laid out, he is investigating the case, and and we see him making his progress, and connecting the dots, and the thing about Cass, on his own. Mm-hmm is that Cass has never felt that he could be on his own. We've seen him try to take on this hunter role before, and failing at it, bluntly
1: put. He feels like he's bad at it, and his track history is showing it. Because wasn't there an episode in season 12 where like yes. he was trying to work a case, and it, he basically tucked tail and ran?
0: Yeah, he was trying to work a case, and the the monsters got away before he could even do anything about it. And historically, I mean, that's how Cass has struggled with his, I guess, aut- aut- autonomy?
1: Well, she- and his relationship with what he's supposed to do and what he wants to do.
0: Yeah, cuz he he wants to help people. He wants to be a hunter, but he doesn't know how. And and he's never been good at it and he doesn't know how to get good at it. And all these things um and when he fails, he just feels it so deeply. And and here we see a confidence in him that we have never seen before.
1: Yeah. He's gotten so serious about it, he's removed his trench coat as he's researching. (laughs) And he has this fishing map that he's using to mark out all the locations where the bodies, the bodies of these missing people have been found. And but going according to the X's on that map, there's been at least eight people who have been found dead by this lake. And so he's like, okay, yeah, this isn't just, oh, a couple non-locals go missing. This is a significant pattern happening here.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and not only that, but we reveal later that he has a good idea of what it is. He, yeah. He not only knows that something is out there, he's prepared for what's out there. Yeah. I know. Oh I just God. love it. We see it him taking control and and I'm I'm here for it. I'm so here for it.
1: Yes. Just having his independence and like you said, autonomy. He is making his own decisions and he has a competency and a confidence that maybe wasn't there before.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And back
0: with Sam and Eileen, um, they have loaded up all of Rowena's belongings in the Impala, and they're they're ready to go. Except, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, they've got all the spell work they need to resurrect Eileen, according to Sam, but. As soon as he shuts the trunk to the Impala, he starts coughing blood, and he's getting dizzy, disoriented, and he is struggling around the tail end of the Impala, checking the wheel wells, and it's the second the passenger rear tire that he manages to find and retrieve a hex bag.
0: I loved, loved that little detail that that Sam knew what was happening and knew how to knew knew what he needed to do if he was going to survive this he had to find the hex bag and he was looking for it and he finds it but but before he can destroy it we have those two witches that we saw before approaching from that moving van and and they take sam and banish eileen yes
1: eileen is kind of unable to help in this moment but Sam signs and says to her to go and find Dean and before she's vanished she gets that message so she's going to basically run back to the bunker to get (laughs) Dean for some help
0: yeah yeah I didn't actually catch the first time that Sam told Eileen to go get Dean so me not even getting it the first time I when Dean showed up I was like oh okay (laughs) <laughs> Dean's here.
1: That's, yeah, that, that 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 tracks. I mean, of like, course, Dean is here. But again, it's such it's such light feet that is carrying so much for us, and it's solid writing. Like I I would have totally
0: overlooked that Eileen disappeared and then Dean showed up later. That's fine. It's a TV show, but we have a writer who took the time to be like who who made sure that everything made sense as we went along.
1: Yes. And indeed everything is there and I I am very grateful for the fans who are picking up on it. Yes. So yeah, we now switch to inside the moving van and Sam regaining consciousness because he's <laughs> blacked out at some point. <laughs> oh. And both witches are there working spells.
0: Yes. We have the um, Irish mom. Sorry, I don't. Does she have a name?
1: I don't think we were given a name for her. I've just been calling her mama in my notes.
0: Yes, the mom is uh, at the, the spell table that she was scrying at earlier, and she's got um, a, a bunch of ingredients out, and she has that resurrection spell in front of her, and she is obviously prepping something for something. Um, and we have Ezra in the yes. corner with a twig doll, and she is fiddling with that in an yes. ominous manner.
1: And so they give their backstory bit here that they came yep. for Rowena's belongings. They found the apartment cursed up the wazoo. But lucky for them, Sam came along because somehow all of Rowena's <laughs> earthly treasures were left to him, and he is exempt from this hex.
0: And this uh, witch, this mother. Um, see, I got three names here. I have Lucinda, Jesse, and Emily. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if
1: Jesse was the fake name that I. I didn't know if it was Jacinda or Lucinda, but oh, it Jacinda. was the fake name of the oldest daughter. Right, Emily later. Called her Jessie, so so it might be Jacinda, Jacinda. Or that Jacinda. makes sense. I because don't know how you pronounce J's.
0: I I wrote down at first Lucinda, but then I had to come back and I was like Jessie. Mm-hmm. Is, um, but okay, so so we definitely have Jessie and Emily, but we I don't think we get a name for the mother. No. Um and I but, checked
1: IMDb, and she's just labeled witch. So I'm like Mama. <laughs> we have
0: the uh, the Irish mama bear and uh, and her two daughters and the mom is saying that uh, it, she respects and admires Rowena McLeod and she just wanted to come and see what she left behind but with the hex on the apartment they didn't think that they were going to be able to get what they wanted but now here Sam has fallen into their laps. And Sam is trying to bargain with him. He says Exactly. He says, "I will do whatever you want, but I need that spell." And mom, uh what <laughs> we need a name. What's her name? I just call her Mama. <laughs> okay. And Mama, Mama says, uh no, no, honey. I need this spell. I need to bring my girl back and and this is the kind of spell that you can only use once.
1: And I'm just like, this broad can't be that good of a witch if she's like, this spell turns a soul to flesh and we don't have my daughter's body because my daughter's body is in the apartment. I'm like, get a stick with a hook on it and drag <laughs> her across the threshold and then resurrect her, baby. You don't need that spell. You're just Picking it because it's convenient and you think Rowena does good work, I guess. No,
0: but Rowena, the only resurrection spell that Rowena had to even build on for this new turn spirit into flesh, um, was from the Book of the Damned and and. not your average witch just has a resurrection spell in their back pocket this is the only thing that mama has to work with i I do
1: think that's fair i do think that that is what's happening here is this mama is like i have a resurrection spell singular and it is this and i am using it
0: yes yeah and she says a spell like this and and, you know for all resurrection spells, she's saying, "Uh, you you only use it once. You show death a loophole, and she
1: closes it." Mm-hmm. And I'm immediately like ears pricked forward. You're mentioning Billy. I know Billy with loopholes. Mm, curious because what about those situations where Billy chooses not to close the loophole?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because, okay, I we don't need to sidetrack this. I can say my bit and you can cut it. But the fact that we have Chuck who has been making all of these exemptions for Sam and Dean and I do not see Death as being someone that Chuck can manipulate because at the end of 14, we got his disdain for her yeah. and saying that she's meddlesome. So not only is... Sam and Dean getting favors, quote unquote, from Chuck, but Death herself also looks to them as, I will give you situations where you can bend the rules because you are so significant at play.
0: And we had Billy the Reaper who would say, no more. Mm -hmm. I'm not bending the rules for you. You don't get a pass. The old death, and then even when she became the new death, she said the old death, you know, he he had his way of doing things. And as far as I can see, it was Chuck bending the rules at will, and the old death was either amused enough by it, by the Winchesters himself, mm-hmm. or just didn't care. And now we have the new death, who... Uh, on the one hand, you know, it does have a high opinion of the right order of things, but also sees value in the Winchester in keeping that order. Yes, I agree. And I think that where that comes into play, where those scales even out, you know, when does she make exceptions for the Winchesters? When she knows that... Uh, she needs the winchesters in this uh, game of chess against god
1: yeah she needs to keep her soldiers on the board and she has sam and dean in her back pocket at these Mm -hmm. crucial times yes yeah i'm so curious to see how this plays out in the season me
0: too yes but yes
1: loopholes get closed as soon as death notices them (laughs) And so Sam's bartering, it's just not going well. We find out Emily, she's been, I'm like Emily, Ezra has been working over this voodoo doll with a piece of Sam's hair. And so they're going to use this to force his cooperation. Either he hops along to it and does what they say and he dies quick, or he puts up a struggle and he dies slow.
0: Yes. I felt so cheated because in the preview for this episode we had that snap and scream
1: mm-hmm.
0: from from Sam, and I'm like, I didn't really want to see it, but also I was like, oh, why? Well, we could have we could have broken his leg. That would have been different.
1: <laughs> we <can laughs> talk about the hero some... debuff. <laughs> I'm like eight weeks of significant pain. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, just you know it would be ready for the winter hiatus here he'd get a month in there easy exactly he could take Christmas off I never realized you were such a sadist <laughs> no <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it always bugs me when something that's in like a movie trailer doesn't make the final mm. cut and it, it's just like you lied to me
1: I'm going to say I really love the foley that goes around this doll and like it's snapping and it's crackling and I'm like, there's something very primal where my lizard brain is like, yes, stick, snack, good.
0: (laughs) It is good. I like, I like this, this prop and this, uh, this narrative tool in this voodoo doll. It, uh, it's really cool and different and fun yeah and we have this we have Ezra, who fits this
1: part really well, yeah, and it's also interesting to have this doll that is controlling Sam outside of his will. And I'm like, mm, this is a good little element that reflects upon the situation that they feel they're in, Ooh, you know yeah, that they feel like the environment is forcing their behavior. Now we have something that is actually forcing their behavior you know you are no longer able to make your decisions because you are under complete duress
0: yeah coming coming back to that puppet
1: mm-hmm. uh, i'm like puppet all of these the elements game. i'm like is this
0: a metaphor <laughs> but. i'm never gonna get over is this a meta, is this a meta? <laughs> that's me 80 percent of the time on this fucking podcast i love it yeah uh, so
1: so <laughs> so new scene
0: Yes, Cass and Melly at the pretty, pretty park. We have Cass, who is uh, out at uh, the lakefront, and Melly is right behind him. And she comes out to say, Okay, so I followed you.
1: Sorry, not sorry. I need to find my son. Yeah. And if he's investigating, then she wants to help. And he basically comes clean that there's been more people missing than perhaps anyone in the area realizes. Mm. And so there could be significant danger here and he's trying to keep her from it, but she's saying, no, I can help you. And like, there is this silver mine that, I mean, Caleb, my son knows not to come around here because it's so dangerous and, is immediately eyes emoji you said dangerous and melly won't tell him where it is but she'll lead him to it so right. he takes this deal and they head into the woods yes i don't know if it's the same park as like sam's run i would think so if, just for convenience but who knows yeah. but i'm just like british columbia so beautiful and we don't often get to be by a lake, but when we do, I'm just, like, uh-huh. finger kisses. I've never been a water fiend, but this makes me, like, want a cabin in the woods.
0: This episode, something about this episode, from Rowena's apartment to the lake park to uh, the the gas station that Sam and Eileen gassed up at, I, I, it made me very
1: Vancouver nostalgic. Oh yeah, like that gas station we physically went to. We got blocked yeah, we- in by a tow truck there. So <laughs> as soon as it appeared on screen, it was just like, "Remy, are you seeing this?" Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that place. Mm-hmm. So, so
0: I, I mean, I, I just really, I really liked the, uh, all, all of these outside scenes that we got in this episode, even though it was raining the yeah. entire time. It. It was lovely, though. It was. It's it's great. So, um, so from Cass and Melly, we go to Sam and Emily, and uh, they're approaching Rowena's uh, apartment, and Sam is trying to make some sort of connection with his captor because she uh, emily as a character she's kind of small young quiet and reserved and i think that sam is kind of testing her for you know wh- where's my in here yeah where's my is out? there
1: any sympathy i can strike with her and use that to have sympathy and escape.
0: <laughs> right, right. And they're in the apartment. Emily tells Sam to hurry up, get the good stuff, and um, no talking. Sam, make yeah, it no quick. talking. Make it quick. But Sam sees Emily with eyes on her sister, and Emily
1: seems pretty, you know, i maybe disturbed is the wrong word, but she's not disturbed, I think. Is what Sam's pinging off of, is she's looking at her sister's dead body and having no emotion about it.
0: Yeah, and Sam says, hey, I can find a blanket to cover her up, like, this is your sister. And Emily, uh, with a non-sequitur, says, do you think she's pretty? Everyone says she's pretty. And Sam, he's, well, she's dead, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah, and like that—that's just territory you don't want to tread into with your captor. Like. <laughs> and and Sam is saying like,
0: "Were were you close?" And Emily says, "She made my life hell." No. <laughs>
1: But and- here's maybe common ground that Sam can hit, you know? Okay, yes. you have a sibling. I have a sibling. I have an older brother who used to do horrible things to me. Like, just, I'm thinking back to early season prank wars that they had with each other. And so Sam oh. tells one of these. So deep many anecdotes. H- so many toothbrush crimes. Oh yeah. my God. Super glue? I was like, how in the toothpaste? I was like, that sounds fucking dangerous. You think, <laughs> and and Emily's like, oh,
0: oh yeah. Well, once my sister turned me invisible for a week, and Sam's so like, oh, okay, oh, that's okay. not that bad. And then, <laughs> and she uh, tried to sell my soul to a demon, and she turned my first crush into a water balloon and then popped him. And then she got mean. And I just have the feeling that, like, we cut away here, but I know for, like, the next 30 minutes that Sam is in the apartment,
1: Emily is just standing at the door, like, recounting... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and he's just, like, staring down at the box he's slowly filling, and he's like, I have never wanted <laughs> to have Mia Farrow on speed dial as bad as I do right now. Like, I need that shapeshifter <laughs> therapist. I need to put her on speakerphone and just be like, girl, this isn't okay.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, She. Uh. uh Ezra has a laundry list of... W- ways that jesse has
1: has ruined her life yeah quite but quite literally so let's take a palate cleanser okay let's go back yes. to this beautiful lakeside with Melly yes. and cass yes <sighs> take a breath in enjoy the cool crisp air and we're good
0: and and uh, Melly and Cass are talking themselves and they're talking about wh- ha- what brought them to this place.
1: Yeah, she kind of broaches the subject by thanking him for being willing to do this on his vacation and Cass is seeding to the point that it wasn't so much a vacation as he had a falling out with management and then a falling out with his colleagues.
0: Yeah. And Mellie's saying, "Yeah, burnout's a bitch. I know what that's like. Um, my job—I was in finances, and my job got to be too much for me. And and not just too much for me, but it became like she's talking about the uh, she's talking about Wall Street in during the 08 crash. Great yeah, yeah." and and how it was basically a um a catastrophe of their own making and she and was like, one of her those. bosses.
1: promised things would change and then it didn't and so yeah. she had to step away the same way Cass is admitting that he had to step away yeah,
0: and Melly saying Melly is saying yes, I had to step away. It I had to do what was right by me and Caleb, her son. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does express a bit of regret in in having done that. Only to say, but you know, just because I'm out of the game doesn't mean that the world's any better for it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the really critical seed that kind of works its way into Cass is her saying, taking yourself out of the game doesn't really change the game. And there, again, is that element that at play here that Cass tried to move himself off the game board and he's trying to meditate. He's trying to find peace. He's trying to live in a world with the revelations he now has. But it's also in the back of his mind that the world's still going out there. And now that Dean's double-checked that he's aware that yeah Chuck is back on the playing board, there's not a lot of comfort to be taken for the fact that the game is still going and you're not there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and not even just God, but on a smaller scale, we have Cass who tried to retreat, but when you know when he's presented with a problem that he can help, he can save people, he he do- he can't ignore it. He doesn't.
1: Yeah, he cares about the people too much to actually sit on the sidelines and say, "No, I wash my hands of this. I'm done."
0: Yes. Yeah. Which I think is, I mean, it it kind of ties in to what we've been hearing from Dean and Sam. Let's say in episode four, in episode five, mm-hmm. in, in before the Lilith reveal, where we have Dean saying, "This matters. We're here to help people, and this is what we can do." And and you know, now Sam has kind of re- recovered from his own cynicism. Uh, that we saw in episode four, but Dean uh, has been brought low and he still needs to, he still needs to recover from that himself.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And, but, but Cass, Cass here, um... We have um, Melly saying, "I took myself out to do right by my son, not that my son appreciates it. He's just convinced that this move ruined his life. You know how it is." And uh, Cass says, "You know, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that must be hard." And Melly just says, "Like, oh no, we'll get through it. Like, it's yeah. it's gonna be okay. We'll we'll be okay.
1: It might be a source of tension, but that's something that we can tackle."
0: Yeah, and that, I mean, of course, I'm like, okay, Cass, go back to your, go back to your family, please.
1: Mm-hmm. Family is
0: family. Mm-hmm. I know that it's rough right now, but, but you're going to get through it. And, and we yeah. know that we will, but it, it's just hard week to week basis, man. Yeah, yeah. But it was nice to hear. It was yes. nice to hear from Melly here. Yes but but melly being so optimistic about caleb um kind of i think gets to cass and cass has to say melly like i i i need I you need to prepare prep for the worst yes yeah like you need to you need to understand this isn't just you know e- e- your son went somewhere that he wasn't supposed to and and you might trust that he's not high off opioids and he's going to drown himself in the lake but there's more to it than that yeah and and he gives her the monsters are real talk and um yeah he's (laughs) trying
1: to prep her about this silver mine that he says he suspects that it's a gin lair And he's trying to protect her from getting her hopes up to have the worst outcome come from it. But as he's giving this speech, a voice calls behind them, and oh my God, Caleb is right there. Yeah, yeah. I've just had this moment where I was seeing just the cogs in Cass's mind turning like, oh fuck, I started the speech and I didn't need to.
0: No, I think that trying to break the news to her about what to expect with Caleb was actually more secondary to okay, I'm like literally walking into the lair of the beast. I can't have this woman come with me. She has to know why.
1: Yes, I agree on that. But the fact that he like name drops. Jin in this and oh. then sees the son there. It's kind of taking him aback like, oh, I was thinking we were going one direction and now we're not and I might have created an unforeseen consequence for this woman in how oh. to revealed
0: this. Oh, I like that. That he had a moment of doubt on, on oh, is this actually something? Is this actually you know, a case? Yeah. Okay yeah oh cool
1: I didn't think about that uh yeah yeah. Caleb seems he's alive he's okay as far as we know right now back to Sam and Ezra Steve was a good bunny
0: oh my god I, I
1: wrote down Emily is still harshing Sam's vibe.
0: <laughs> exactly. I just feel like she has a literal list of uh, just a book of uh, of slights and... She's just like, I wish
1: that Jesse knew about putting super glue in toothpaste. It sounds so pedestrian. <laughs> you must have been so happy. <laughs> like... Having her tongue turned into a snake, and then that snake bites and scars her face, I'm like, this is a life I couldn't imagine leading. Yeah. This is Credence barebone level vibes again. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) You you did say that yesterday. It's like, she is literally Credence barebones. (laughs) Mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, when when Emily brushes back her hair and we see this horrible scarring, uh, Sam says, you know what? All right. He puts down the fucking box. You know what? She doesn't have to come back. Listen yeah. to me. <laughs> Listen.
1: Uh, There's you a heard- level. <laughs>
0: you heard your mom. Give me the spell and and we will shut that door on this resurrection of this horrible, horrible person. And Emily just says, she'd kill me. No. And Sam says, not if you run. I can help you get out of this. I mean, yeah. like,
1: abusive life. Yeah. He's bartering for his freedom in a way that's saying, like, Emily, if you drop your mom's campaign, you know, and, you know, drop the doll you're using to control me, I will help you get everything you need to set up a life of your own. Right. And Rowena was a very powerful witch. Maybe the most powerful of all time. And he'll give her things to Emily.
0: Yeah. All I need is... Is this spell.
1: hmm
0: and, and you could break away from all of this and and be better for it. Yeah.
1: <sighs> and you can see she's kind of... She briefly considers it, but she immediately goes mean with it. She calls him a liar and she twists the doll. And we get that beautiful foley. I'm about it. Lizard brain going, sticky break. Yes. And <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Sam's punished for his little outburst here.
0: Yes, we have we have Sam put to his knees and he's lost any any foot. He's lost any ground that he's managed to eke out in this.
1: Yes. So we return to Cass, and Caleb, and Caleb is admitting he shouldn't have been out there, but he saw (laughs) a body being dragged into the lake, and he tried to catch the culprit, and things just broke bad from there.
0: Caleb got out his phone, and he was gonna bust the bad guy, uh... but but he tripped, he broke his phone, he messed up his ankle, he ran, and he was hiding because this man was not a man but a monster.
1: Yeah. And the monster turned on him sufficiently that he was like, time to haul ass out of here.
0: Yes, yeah. He he was just he was just scared. And uh surprise we get sheriff, what's his face?
1: Sheriff Roy, (laughs) (laughs) Sheriff Roy appears and he's been looking for them because, you know, he doesn't want to kill a buttload of people. He tries to keep it under a certain quota, but the boy saw what he was up to. He's got to go and Cass, you've been a pain in the ass. Melly, Melly. you may as well go to this woman who cries wolf.
0: Yeah, it was it was Caleb and Melly that always a pain in his ass asking too many questions and he doesn't usually go for locals but she made it worth it.
1: Yes. So he draws his gun and his gin tattoos appear on his face. Yeah, and he uses this opportunity to shoot Cass and I'm loving the special effects that we're getting. Oh, I love it. Shoots him straight in the chest. Uh,
0: and and Melly and Caleb shrink back and are horrified. But we have Cass in the most badass way just p- turning back. He's healing the wound as it has occurred. And he says he he delivers the greatest fucking smackdown in the history of like ever just this tirade yeah Yes, he is stalking up to this gin And he is better than you. That's just the vibe that I'm getting. Well, uh, it's a bit,
1: too, of like, I am fucking tired of yes. the people who are in authority being selfish and using it for their own benefit and saying, fuck the little guy. Like, Cass is just like, I am done with people like you.
0: I need to see the exact wording of what Cass is saying here on the script because, because the way that Misha delivered it, there was this beautiful tense shift where he starts to say, it was always you. Then he says, you selfish little man in positions
1: of authority Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and a plural you to say, you take what you want, you take who you want, and you and you believe that your power will protect you. Well, it won't protect you from me. And we have Cass talking to this jin, but he's also stepping up to the plate in this fight against God.
1: Yes. He's not taking himself out of the game anymore. He is kind of saying, I fucking hate this game. I hate the way the system's rigged, and I hate who's rigged it to their advantage. And I'm going to face as many of you as I can, and I'm yeah. going to break the system.
0: Yes, yes. And and th- during this, the sheriff has shot again. We get the great special effects of, you don't phase me, motherfucker! Mm-hmm. And, and Cass bears down on the sheriff and stabs him in the chest.
1: Yes. He delivered the smackdown and then he stabs the djinn several times. And again, I've seen there being some talk of like, well, it wasn't a lamb's blood bronze blade. Oh my God. And I'm like, it's an angel blade. We covered the fact that this thing kills a lot of shit. It covers a lot of territory. And even in Nightmare Logic of last season, we had dean there without his lamb's blood bronze blade and he shot the gin in the knee because it would fucking hurt and then he <laughs> pulverized the thing with a rock to the head because i'm like yeah that might be the most expedient way to kill the thing is the known quantity but we're in 2019 guns are effective Rocks are still effective. <laughs> angel blades are like, I don't so know. The, well, I, the
0: angel blade. I mean, I mean, an angel blade will kill anything.
1: Yeah. So, so
0: yeah. No, that that was in question. What for me? Oh, uh, uh, I. Don't know what to think about how Cass does kill this Jin though because he bears him to the ground and stabs him multiple times yeah. through the chest. It is very, very, and I think intentionally reminiscent of how he killed Belphegor.
1: Yes, this above and beyond what's necessary. It's not a cold, calculated killing. No, it is a passionate and heated angry one.
0: Yes, a heated and angry uh reaction and and it's and that is something that we do not often associate with Cass.
1: No, he's used like look, I just popped into my mind thinking of him killing the apocalypse world Cass. It was the one blade to the chest. Yeah. He didn't revel in it. He didn't stretch it out. He just did what was necessary. And so we've seen a lot of fire from Cass this season and just kind of a wash all over the place of these motivations that are just breaking his cool facade.
0: And I wonder if this has anything to do with his failing powers. Yeah. I don't think it does. I mean, I would like to think that it does, but narratively, I'm... I don't think it's intentionally done being done right now that we're seeing a much more human cast in a cast that is failing in his angelic powers. Yeah.
1: I would say it's interesting to see him having all of these elements that are happening together. Not that there's a cause and effect, Mm -hmm. but that he is experiencing such an upheaval within himself.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, his his world is turning upside down, and we're seeing not a despondency, which is something that we have seen from Cass before. He's not giving up. He is rallying. Getting He's getting mad. Exactly. Ah, oh, yes. I love it. Okay. So, I, I don't love the stabby, because I'm not actually uh, that sadist, but...
1: <laughs> Yeah, it it did feel excessive, and it was because it was, I guess. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So we leave right now, and we return to Sam having completed packing up the box of the good stuff at yep. Rowena's. And he's just leaving with Emily as Dean shows up with a gun to Mama's head. Yeah.
0: And th- from here we quickly devolve into a just smackdown drag out cage match of a fight. Yes. We Yeah, there's uh, uh, we have Dean with a gun on Mama, but uh, Emily has the upper hand on Sam. So it's, it's as Dean says, uh, a, a high noon standoff, hostage situation. Um, but the Witches 3 are the Witches 3, even though one is down on the ground, because Jesse's spirit appears and it throws Dean against the wall.
1: Yes. Or down the hallway. So this 2v2 advantage well standoff that Dean thought he was in is quickly undone by this tossing. And so Jacinda is the one who is threatening Dean. Eileen appears to blow her back into the apartment and yeah. have a fight in the loft. Um, Sam has slapped the doll away from Emily, but mama steps in to magic and punish him physically. And Emily retrieves the doll. Um, Dean, now that he doesn't have Jacinda on him, he retrieves his gun and he shoots Emily, which frees her hold on Sam. But Mama then turns her vengeance on Dean for killing her last daughter. Oh, Emily. I was sad about that. Bye, Ezra. Bye, Ezra. So as Mama is chanting up a hell of a storm on Dean, Sam rushes over, tackles her and forces a hex bag into her mouth and begins casting an exsanguination spell. Oh, is that what that was? Well, there was definitely something involving blood based off of his chanting, and then he's commanding it, so Uh it it doesn't look like a good scene for her.
0: Uh, No, no. But we have Sam using magic to kill the magic user, yeah.
1: Yeah, and we get this really quick, Cut, cut, cut! showing that while he was packing up the good stuff in Rowena's place he was putting together this hex bag with the hopes that he would get an opportunity to strike with it
0: and he says I learned, I learned from the best
1: mm-hmm. Rowena
0: Rowena and so now Dean is free, he goes into the apartment where Eileen is still struggling with uh, Jesse and uh And Eileen says, her body, her body, burn her body. And Dean goes for that single malt uh, (laughs) on the bookshelf and pours that bottle over Jesse's body. And when he lights the corpse on fire, uh, Jesse goes up in flames as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dean doesn't even get a moment to appreciate this bottle being like, oh, if only we had met under greater terms. (laughs) Pours it out and lights her up. And then Eileen is freed from this fight. And Sam, Dean, and Eileen kind of reconvene and they're all okay.
0: Oh my God. How fitting would it have been if we had Dean pouring that bottle over the corpse and then just taking just a moment to take a swig (laughs)
1: he's like i need this i mean i'm going through sugar withdrawal i haven't eaten cereal in the last four hours
0: it would have been so in character (laughs) for this
1: episode Mm -hmm. oh my gosh and uh yeah so so we we're kind of we've wrapped up the climax of that bit there we return to Cass, who is now regrouping with Melly and Caleb after disposing of the sheriff's body in the lake. <laughs> Dumped him in the lake. Oh, one more thing. Since when did we forget about the salt part of a salt and burn? Where's he gonna find salt in Rowena's room as quickly as he needs it to be? I'm like Does that does that make a difference? Well, I'm always like, what was the salt point for anyway? Purification. That's not like a, a decayed body. It's purification. Okay,
0: I was mad about it when we burned Gacy's cigar box. I can be mad about it here.
1: Do you? No, I'm the no fun police. I'm telling you, you can't be angry.
0: <laughs> it's a salt and burn. That's I, how we
1: kill ghosts. I guess I just don't have the emotional attachment required to make a fuss about that. <laughs> I'm like they spend an awful lot of money on table salt. I just don't I my budget wouldn't appreciate. It. You got to do it. You got to do it. It's part of it's part of the
0: fucking bronze blade and lamb's blood. A bronze blade doesn't work by
1: itself. You need the lamb's blood and i'm like just go for the fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah.
0: <laughs> we we did have we did have also like um um ghost banishment spells. So, we could have we could have gone for one of those, but Sam was
1: otherwise occupied. And if you did the banishment, i'm assuming you would do it to Eileen too. Oh, no. Yeah. So,
0: So back to Cass,
1: Cass Uh decides, like, he sees the ankle that Caleb has injured, and he struggles, but eventually he is able to heal this injury, but he's panting by the end of it.
0: Yes, again, just that care and that connection that Cass makes with people. He he for something as minor as a sprained ankle he kneels down at Caleb's feet and and puts his hand over Caleb's ankle and tries and we see that his grace is struggling with this what would have been a simple task for him three months ago yeah. but he still puts in the effort and I don't want to th- think about it this way but I mean it's true nonetheless he burns the
1: grace he burns through his resources he's depleting himself by doing it
0: for for this minor wound simply because he has so much Compassion.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be of a good benefit. Like Caleb was trapped in the woods here overnight because his ankle was injured and he couldn't get out. And so this is his way of helping free Caleb from that situation. Like Melly and them aren't going to have to hobble the whole way there. So Cass sees yeah. good value in what he's doing. Like there's no question of the cost, I suppose, is what I'm trying to get at.
0: I, I and there's no question of the cost, because Cass is in this season so far, our heart...
1: He doesn't our, look at the price tag.
0: He, our empathy, That's yeah. not where
1: his mind is at.
0: No, no. And and, and Cass has always been that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but
1: in... He's kind of standing alone in that regard, just because there's such a heavy burden on Dean and Sam with that right. revelation from Chuck. Right, it's a
0: real focus on this season. Yeah.
1: So Melly calls what he was able to do a miracle, and she asks, were you sent by God? Mm -hmm. And Cass, he he admits that she's better off not knowing, basically. He's thinking, like, for me to get into this is just going to disappoint you. But he is happy that they met each other. And... He admits that he has to go now. Like, he can't keep hiding out here because if he stays, then nothing changes. It's time to get back in the game.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Going back to what Melly said about her own life, to say, you know, I left that life, but it's still awful and corrupt and... Just because I'm ignoring it doesn't mean that it's still not out there. Yeah, exactly.
1: Shying my eyes from it does not make it go away.
0: Yeah, yeah. But for Cass here to say I'm happy I met you and I'm happy that I'm glad that you found your son, Um, it's it's again so sincere so heartfelt and it's just this connection to humanity that Cass is just the fucking embodiment of this season and yeah. love it love it A+. Yeah good egg good egg
1: we have the glorious bunker bathroom revealed bunker to us bathroom. the bunker. The Bunker Washroom. This big communal space. There's sinks along the back wall. There's hooks along the side wall for a multitude of robes. And (laughs) there is this freestanding tiled bathtub that Sam is filling with water and preparing a spell upon. That's a
0: deep tub, too. I'm jealous. It looks like a
1: good soak. Oh, you know what? Dean is throwing bath bombs in there like every Sunday. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I do. So, uh, this, I believe it. <laughs> and like he walks out with his hair up, like he's got one of those updo with the towels. Uh huh. <laughs> walks around in his dead guy's robe, grabs his next box of cereal. He's like, that was a me day. <laughs> i love it
0: and we already know that the that the bunker showers have great water pressure i mean Mm -hmm. the washroom is a fucking sanctuary safe place clear Mm -hmm. your mind Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad we get to see it oh i'm
1: getting like the shivers imagining a warm steamy bath like oh Uh, i hope they all enjoy but, in this bathtub, as we said, has <laughs> Eileen's resurrection spell, and so her spirit climbs in, and the water's unperturbed by this, mm-hmm. and she submerges, and Sam says the words he recounts the spell, and then she emerges from the water, splashing it out around her, and it's physical. Sh- oh, she's physical again. Yeah. She's yeah. corporeal. How about that? That sounds a little bit better.
0: <laughs> she she is real and here and she feels herself again. And mm-hmm. and we see her, you know, feeling her herself, feeling her body for the first time in a long time.
1: Yeah, like being and, able to step outside to the tub and put your foot on the cool tile. Yeah. And having all of those sensations again.
0: Yeah. To feel the water coming off of your hair. Yeah. And yeah, she steps out of the tub. She wraps herself in a towel and she calls to Sam and and she's back.
1: Yeah. And Sam, Sam- is so happy. Well, Sam had his back turned this whole way. And it, it was part, I think, because, okay, if you're turning a soul to flesh, well, I'm sorry, but you're clothes soul doesn't <laughs> get its clothes flesh back like <laughs> if this works she's gonna be stepping out naked and so he had his back turned but it also I think is like I don't want to see if this worked I want to just hear that this works like
0: I think that he did doubt that mm-hmm. I mean this was a gamble for him and it eh, again going back to breaking the rules like he maybe didn't have faith that he could do the thing he says later. I got lucky,
1: yeah, but because he has to bridge the gap between what Rowena has written out and what yeah. the completed spell actually looks like.
0: Exactly, but but this is him taking that final step on his own, and 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 yes, doing the spell and making a new body for this this woman that he cares for, and and it. Um, it is a scary moment for him. Because and- if it didn't work, we have Eileen here as a hope of something good. Uh, yeah. it, but if it didn't work, then that's it's just... just crushing. Crushing. Yeah, exactly.
1: And yeah, having that hope that it will work... Also, it's also like a parting gift for Molina. Like, here's this unfinished spell that she was doing for them. And so just the fact that there was that attention and love towards them about that. But also it's this opportunity for Sam to... Invoke that witchy side of himself to stretch these legs and see if he's got the chops for it. Yeah. So it's this kind of twofold gift. That Rowena didn't even realize she was giving and Sam didn't even realize he was getting. But again, I'm like, Rowena's everywhere around this episode. And yeah, talking about Sam having that doubt when Eileen calls for him and he turns around, he looks at her, she takes a step toward him and he kind of flinches back like he's not quite ready to break that bubble of hope that has this worked
0: yeah yeah but as we saw earlier in Rowena's apothecary uh, uh Eileen tried to take Sam's hand but couldn't here mm-hmm. she reaches out and she and and she can clasp Sam's hand and yes. and that is the moment of I'm here yeah you did it
1: and you both have these like relieved giggles that they give and then they have a tender hug and it's so sweet it's so
0: sweet i love the scene so mm-hmm. much emotion jared did a fantastic job he was he he played it so overwhelmed and frightened and then and then overwhelmed and happy but <laughs> mm-hmm it it was just going back to i mean the title of the episode the golden time at your rock bottom can you go up and and here is sam realizing we can go up from yeah. here
1: we are capable of doing great things and saving yeah. the, on dire consequences we are able to rescue those that matter
0: yeah yeah and, and and on that, we have Sam and Dean in the war room, and yeah. they're going to share a beer. And yeah. then Sam now has some, you know, some words for, for his brother.
1: Yeah. Because Dean was drinking at the war table when Sam comes in, and he rolls his brother a beer, and mm-hmm. we get that eileen's asleep because she's had a big day and yeah and she can sleep yeah she can sleep she's just... yeah yeah but and... dean
0: says yeah same same for you uh hex bags a new body what are you a proper witch now
1: yeah some kind of witch's blue <laughs> and sam goes no i got lucky like you said earlier And Dean has this moment where he says that he wished that they knew about the spell for their mom. And I felt like that was kind of, maybe he was regretting or thinking about the fallout after her death. Like, if they had known that the spell existed and they could just undo it, then he could undo a lot of the anger that he had after her death as well.
0: Yeah, I i don't think that it was just what we could read from the service level of yeah you know i wish we could have saved mom um it's beyond that yeah if we did bring mom back then what could we have avoided
1: yeah what path would we be on now if we had been able to take that choice
0: Right. He's he's not just thinking about the the loss of his mom. He's thinking of the what if on the loss of Rowena, the loss of Jack, the
1: loss of Cass. Yeah. Yeah. And he has another compliment for his brother. He says to Sam, you did good today, and I did Jack. But yeah. Sam Sam tries to bolster him, but, "Well, no, you killed a witch. You saved me. Like, you did do things. And... This is where, like you said, Sam has some key words for Dean to try and snap him out of this fugue state that he's in. Right, right.
0: He, Sam says, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about what you said earlier about how we don't make the rules. And you're right, we don't make the rules. But that doesn't mean that we're out of the game. We still have moves to make.
1: And And I thought it was critical that he said, like, they don't make the rules, but they never have. Like, that's the thing, is the game has always been this way. And just because now we can see the inner mechanisms of it doesn't change the fact that we have been participating in it up to this point. We just have clear vision moving forward now. Right, right.
0: Sam is saying, we do have moves. We've already defied this capital GOD God. do you think that Chuck wanted me to shoot him? No that that was something that I did for myself and and Dean is he he has to say, are you sure? Are you yeah. sure about
1: that? Dean's so doubtful about this because he still cannot tell what is Chuck's plan and what they've been doing on their own and where they've just been fed into what Chuck's plan was. Like he he's asked for the last couple of weeks going, What's real?
0: Right. And here he's saying like Are you sure? Because you seem awfully sure. And from where I'm sitting, that's an unfounded, like, there's no basis in that. Because, because I am going over and over what was me and what was Chuck. And I just don't know. And it's driving me crazy. So we have Sam being optimistic, but, but Dean um, really, really just can't m- meet Sam on it here.
1: Well, they've been speaking different languages for a couple episodes now, yeah. and like, depending on the degree of understanding of their freedom and not, they kind of flux between, I'm okay with where we are, and I'm not okay with what just happened, and so just, they haven't been on the same page for a while now, and Sam's laying out kind of the translation, the Rosetta Stone that he thinks (laughs) might help get Dean back in the game. Because he's saying, we'll find a way to beat God. That's what we do. We're the guys who break the rules. But I need you on my team. I can't do this without you. So, Dean, I need you back. I need my brother. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where we end the episode. But we have again we have sam here saying like we can break the rules we uh, are not just
1: following
0: a, a script but like, that's where
1: our strength is going to be and yeah like he was but i think
0: there's a lot in that we in the episode here where dean doesn't respond
1: oh yeah i totally agree The fact that we get no response from Dean and kind of the preview that we saw for next week really lends to the fact that I think the next episode is going to be exploring Dean's psyche and trying to get him back on the page.
0: Right. Because this was definitely Jared's, Jared, (laughs) Sam's recovery episode yeah
1: Yeah. because he took that hard hit of losing Rowena in episode three we saw him really floundering in four and then this additional hit of God and Lilith being on the chessboard by time he gets to this one here he's like I'm just trying I feel stuck and I'm trying to figure out how to move forward after all of this yeah yeah
0: I'm so glad that you explained to me the I'm stuck (laughs) because (laughs) because that is the that because because I knew there was so much weight on that and and I just didn't have the words to assign to it and that's that one line was was where Sam started and the rest of the episode was how he was breaking free from it
1: yeah Like, he is in his Jeep, he's stuck in the ditch, he's got it in (laughs) four-wheel drive, but those wheels are just spinning. And he's like, what can give me traction? What can get me out of here? And he kind of settles on, I feel like it's a building punch of he gets... Inspiration from Rowena, how she took control of her life, and he used that to facilitate bringing Eileen to a place where she could be happy with life. And this win just further reads to him like, okay, like that was a loophole we exploited. There's more loopholes out there, and we're the guys who break the rules. So that's how we're going to make our way forward.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself.
1: Clown honk. So that that's kind of the episode. I think we hit it.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's Remit. it.
1: What's your takeaway? Oh
0: damn it! I thought, <laughs> <there was> no... <laughs> I
1: thought we were going to paper rock scissors for it. N- no. Nah. <laughs> no, that was for just who would die. <laughs> um.
0: So I th- I think that my final. Takeaway, don't say lovers quarrel. Don't say lovers quarrel. <laughs> My final takeaway is, uh, I don't want to take Sam because he was so good, but I I I might have to take Sam. Do it. Well, yeah, Do it, but you it's just like. <laughs> The thing about Sam is like it's just it's just all everything that just happened, where <laughs> all of this
1: grief he's working through.
0: The thing that I'm really taking away with Sam, though, this episode is that this, as a very Sam-centric episode, gave us a very comprehensive and an intimate like view into Sam's mindset and how he is recovering, and so this episode is setting up sam for who he's going to be for the rest of the season i think and to have sam start low and then come out at the end where he is i see that and i project it onto dean and how it contrasts to dean and where dean is right now and it just makes me really curious on what dean's story is going to be Mm mm-hmm because my final takeaway on this episode is that I really appreciate that we focused in so tightly on Sam.
1: And like Sam's relationship with these two women who have been in close proximity to him and who have both passed away.
0: Yeah. And, and how it, broke him in some ways and and built him up in others. Like Rowena, she, she's gone, but she has just handed him his motivation for... Uh, Don't
1: take my final takeaway! Oh, no! I'm sorry!
0: <laughs> my final takeaway is that we took this episode to look at what Sam's journey is and i really like that sam's evolution in this episode is not one to one tied to dean yeah as it can be and and so i see this and it was done really well and from the preview of next episode i think that we're going to get something similar with Dean next episode. And yeah. I just like that we separated it out and made them individuals and giving
1: space, giving them room to breathe and fit themselves rather than as this A kind unit. Of cloistered space where both of them have to have some sort of growth at one time.
0: Yes yeah and they and it tells me that their growth is going to be different, you know, like I have Sam starting somewhere and uh feeling stuck and wanting to move forward, but not knowing how mm-hmm. and then and then this whole episode was telling us how he's going to be moving forward now we have Dean who doesn't feel stuck, just doesn't want to play, yeah and, and doesn't want to fight, doesn't want to win, uh not that he doesn't want to win, but doesn't feel that like he can win, yeah so so that's a different starting place and i also think he's going to have a different journey and a different finish
1: so it's nice that the brothers got their own space to have their stories explored in a way that didn't necessarily cut into them and having sam start on such a strong footing lends to faith that dean's is going to be strong as well
0: exactly yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) So, what's your final takeaway be?
1: My takeaway is going to be just Rowena. I felt her presence all over the place in this episode, and the legacy that her character carries within the characters we still have on the board. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just the fact that her apartment was hexed, so that like nobody, it was. Just this porcupine ball of quills pointed outwards, <laughs> And here are the ones that she trusted with her space. Yeah. And she trusted to step in. Like, we know for sure Sam. I'm guessing that Dean and, by extension, Jack and Cass also had those permissions. I'm thinking of, in um, absence of last epi- last season, mm-hmm. how they were able to go in when she wasn't there. So... Just the fact that we're getting that insight into her character and we're getting Sam's read of her using magic as a way to feel control in the world and that she didn't have to, but she was trying to figure out a spell that would bring their mom back without a body being required. All of these things, it's just, again, we said at the top of this episode, there's so much dense lore and background and rich history that we are being given and we're given it in such a way that you have to ponder it it's not spoon-fed to you it's organic and it feels like real life
0: yeah and it's very much there uh and, and it feels like real life like this is what reality is we're, we're not just hopping from one point to the next, we are building a, a a a world here.
1: Yeah, and like I remember when we first watched um when we first watched Absence and Rowena was scribbling in a book and I was like, what the heck is yeah. she doing? And then you get to this like ten or eight episodes later and you see that she was doing her notes she was journaling. Yeah. she's someone who kept a track of her history in that way. And I'm just sitting here thinking about how rewatching season fourteen is going to hit differently with the information we were given in the episode today
0: and and on Rowena we know that she cared deeply for the winchesters and we know that she was not as aloof as she presented herself to be and uh and here in this episode there's so much sentimentality in in what she did what she was doing Leaving her her family, her bound family. Her last
1: will and testament going to yeah. Sam. Like.
0: Yeah, and 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 Dean. Um, and you know, having worked on that spell, even trying to find a way for to for Mary to come back, it 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 was a it was good and it was a lot and it it, it was an insight on Rowena that really showed
1: well i'm really grateful for
0: yeah yeah that i'm yes yeah and uh, uh, and so are you sure that present your you were feeling wasn't just that portrait on the wall
1: i miss the portrait from last season there's a new one up on the wall but i like both of them i'm just happy again rowena is there I was
0: trying to make a joke. You made it serious.
1: I'm oh, deadly serious.
0: <laughs> this is my final takeaway. It's not joking matter. I laughed every time that I saw that portrait. But, <laughs> but, but, I mean, hello. We in the in Mora, we could talk about the statue of the Virgin Mary yep. on on the climax of of that episode here. I mean. We do have this portrait of Rowena as a reminder of of her presence and mm-hmm. how she does have these fingers on everything mm-hmm. and what we're
1: seeing and learning. So Yes. Ah so so that was season fifteen, episode six, Golden Time. B that's my line. No, I beat you to <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: and next week we will be covering episode 7 last call
1: we get to have a new character introduced but first <laughs> we are going to have another hiatus week oh yeah yeah we do we we are going to be
0: taking next thursday off for thanksgiving so we well, will you see you will be i'll be uh, celebrating
1: for you across the border you're
0: right you're right <laughs> I will be comatose on turkey, so we will see you guys in two weeks' time. But in the meantime, uh, we would love to have you guys hit us up on Twitter or Tumblr or our website. And if the hiatus week seems long and lonely, then there is a ton of extra content on our Patreon where we've put out notes and bonus, uh, after
1: talk episodes for every episode so far in season 15. Uh, And if you guys are feeling generous around this Thanksgiving season, you can also (laughs) give us reviews or comments or any sort of thing that helps boost our platform because we are small and we just like having a lot of you guys around to communicate with. Yeah, we
0: love to see you guys watching and we love all the feedback that we've been getting and we just love to hear from you guys. So, uh
1: happy holidays (laughs) (laughs) happy preemptive holidays and just a big thank you guys for being here
0: i know yes we're having so much fun so Mm -hmm. we will see you guys for episode seven
1: yeah see you next time bye bye